Hi guys, this is Duke Nukem. Welcome to NerdCon 1. Hi guys, this is Duke Nukem. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of NerdCon 1. My name is Nick, also known as at Disney Adams on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and I am joined this week. We are a man down, but we've got Corey Calamari, and we have Crystal. What's up, everybody? Um, so this episode is brought to you by Anchor.fm, as well as GamerGoat and Hashtag Streamer. If you'd like to hear more from this episode or more from any of our other shows, you can head over to www.nerdcon1.com or just search NerdCon1 anywhere you listen to podcasts, except for iHeartRadio. All right, guys, let's dig in. Um, Krista, this is uh, your topic idea, which I absolutely adored. Um, and we're going to yeah. be talking about uh, historical figures and reference within pop culture. So we're going to kind of touch a few different points of this today. Um, Corey, we're going to let you start off with uh, some great shows and then we'll go from there. Cool, cool. So I'm a series guy. I don't do too much with movies every now and then. So um, first show I'm picking today. I'm going to save the better one for second. I would say last, but Krista's last. Um, <laughs> and um, I'm going to go with Turn, Washington Spies. Yes. Um, and so I don't know if either of you guys have ever seen the show. Sounds like Nick has. Oh, you have two, Krista? Yeah, I watched the first okay. one. Yeah. So this is like, it's a great show. I love, I'm a guy who loves like historical or like period dramas, I guess would be the way to put it. Like, just give me a different point in history that's not the future, and um, I could probably get into the show. But uh, this is all about, it's like the 1700s, 1760s, 1770s, excuse me, um, and the Revolutionary War. And um, in the name, as the name implies, it's uh, Washington, George Washington, and this spy network he essentially creates. Now, a lot of this is based not yeah based on reality roughly sure. based because i i would imagine that yes there were spies but no he probably didn't care too much about their personal lives and b it's probably not the same people that are in the right. show but no. you do have your historical figures like george washington um benedict arnold's in there um there's a few others. Uh, he's like the governor of Setauket, the British guy. Um, I want to say he was a real person as well. There's a lot of I believe so, yeah. In the show. Um, it's just, it's super interesting. I mean, if you like history, it's worth checking out. I agree. Um, and speaking of the English um, governor, my f one of my favorite scenes in the entire show is when they're out to dinner or they're eating dinner. It's some type of event at, at the um, gentleman's home. And the way he catches on to the other guy being a spy is based off the fact that when he's eating with his silverware, he doesn't switch his fork hand from left to right hand after cutting his food, realizing that he is, quote unquote, not civilized enough to be an actual English gentleman. And I thought it was a really interesting small thing that he picked up on. He's like the Admiral Thrawn, if any of you get the Star Wars uh, reference of that show entirely, because <laughs> he fucks up so much, but he's really smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I love the, uh, there's two guys. One's like a 
terrible, terrible person, but I like the fact so evil people who try to be nice or try to like show off to others that they're good. I don't like those people in shows, but if they can be evil and own it, like I'm all for those characters. Um, again, can't remember his name. He's got a very, very distinctive face though, but he ends up, uh, he starts off just as like an officer in Setauket and ends up like leading the Queens Rangers. Um, and this guy, he's, he's just such a badass. Yeah. Like, and so evil. <laughs> I can't like, like I said, th- those guys that own their evilness, I I'm all for them. Right? <laughs> as long as you're not gonna bullshit us, yeah. You're actually gonna be evil all the time. I can root for you. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm a weirdo. So, Krista, you saw the first season. What did you think of it? Was it something that kind of grabbed your attention or was it a little bit tough to get through? Um, I I do like history, but I don't necessarily like the, the political history kind of thing. Like, that particular era of history is does not pique my interest as much as mm-hmm. some other areas of history. Like, I really like the medieval the medieval kind of things i really like the kind of like the monarch kind of era kind that of renaissance show, but, kind of era yeah yeah but 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 once you get into kind of like the the revolutionary era that particular era i i think that's also why i didn't like assassin's creed 3 it's just that whole era i'm just like yes. pre, pre-revolutionary america like i'm like okay see it's know. funny because <laughs> i'm the opposite i, I love early u.s history yeah yeah we actually, so as a Boy Scout troop, as a young uh, aspiring nerd, um, we took a lot, because we were close enough to Gettysburg and Antietam that we could spend a lot of time at like Civil War battlefields. So to kind of have that experience and to have like the, the intriguing history, I think I liked that earlier U.S. history, mostly because it's fun watching us repeat ourselves. <laughs> I, think right. that, I think it's the same, but opposite. I think it's because like I did Gettysburg, I did Jamestown, you know, we went to Virginia, we did all those like historical things on field trips and family, family vacations and stuff. So I think that it was like, just so pounded into my head when I was, you know, young that I was just like, I don't care. I don't care about Plymouth Rock. Like, I don't care. Yeah. You know, that makes sense. I like, I didn't like it when I was younger, but as I've gotten older, like I'm a big, I, I like history. Yeah, especially like Amer- yeah. American history, world history. I mean, anywhere. You know, what's a fun part of U.S. Yeah, history right. that we don't talk about is, um, Corey, you're going to love this, pirating. And oh, I'm oh, talking, oh. yeah, and I'm talking <laughs> even in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, all the way down the eastern coastline. Pirating oh, was yeah. a huge trade, and it wasn't even just... Like, Yargo raid a ship. I mean, you know, there was the mutineers, stuff like that. Like, different types of pirating all throughout U.S. history. Yeah. Um, especially southern, southeastern U.S. history. Corey, if you want to talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, nice little segue there. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, was, I was proud I of that. <laughs> I, I see it was planned. <laughs> but, um, no, uh, my next show is, this is one of my favorite shows. I'm actually watching it now because I never finished the fourth season. But... I watched it up until the fourth season came out is black sales. Yes. Um, and I love the show. I love the mix that they do. They take some fantasy, they take some reality and combine it. I mean, it's essentially the story of treasure Island, 
20 years before treasure island like that is legitimately what it is mm-hmm. and um so you've got characters like captain flint you've got long john silver you've got billy bones but then you get real people in here as well such as you get blackbeard um charles vane you get calico jack um and bonnie who i mean she is she's probably the most notorious female pirate ever mm-hmm. um, and she is a badass um and it's all about them living in Nassau and defending it, trying to make it their home, um, defending it essentially against the English who are trying to colonize it. Um, they started out trying to colonize it. Pirates were sent, eventually just took it over. And, um, and now it's them fighting to keep it. keep it as their own place as opposed to being under English rule. Um, it's, it's very interesting. Like you got the captain Flint who he wants it to be that under English rule, but at the same time, like he wants that under pirates terms, not under English. So he's like that politician of the group. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then if, uh, actually long John silver is probably the best politician of the group. He makes Um, great fried food too. (laughs) <laughs> sorry no i had no, to. I even to talk about that i've been to that once out here once when i moved to albuquerque it long john silvers is terrible yeah but you're from new england and you're getting seafood in the midwest you're from new england and just called it great so i don't really want to hear it but i'm saying like you're good it's i <laughs> i had it in kentucky <laughs> no 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 now i need to defend myself i had it in kentucky and for Kentucky fried food, it wasn't bad, but it's not like going down to Fred Shanny's and getting a like fish and chips. I will admit that. Uh-huh. Shut up and continue yeah. your segment. <laughs> but uh, no, actually, at one point, uh, Long John Silver and Captain Flint. Um, so it is mostly based on the fantasy characters. I will say that. But you do have a lot of those real characters, like I said. Um, but Long John Silver and Captain Flint. Um, they essentially realize at one point someone else says it and then Long John Silver's like, oh shit, that uh, when they both put their mind to the same thing, nobody can stop them. Mm-hmm. And I'm just re-watching this and getting through it and even a couple episodes into season four, it's so true. Like, you can't stop one of them on their own even, but when both of them there's just there's nothing no hurdle that can get in their way that's too high anything like that um but i mean for pirate shows which there aren't a ton obviously we have like pirates of the caribbean um as far as movies and stuff go but like actual pirate shows a i don't know of any others b this is by far the best one out of one out of one (laughs) (laughs) i so my ex used to call this uh, uh, pirate porn, <laughs> and she's not wrong. Like there is so much more sex than even Game of Thrones, or like. No, I wouldn't go that far. Oh, uh, there, there's a lot. There's a lot, but still, there, there's there's a lot more to it. I know. I think is like, because don't get me wrong. There are people I've talked to that are like, I just I won't watch shows with like sex in it. I'm like, well, a you should probably just go watch PBS and B 
Like there's a lot there's a lot of other Have fun watching the on. CW. Yeah, Bernstein <laughs> Bears has some uh, great shows this time of year. <laughs> Charlie Brown you're coming up on the Thanksgiving and Christmas specials. Oh, that's right. They they just put out a new Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Thank you very much. Wait, what? They just put out a new Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Did they really? Yeah, I saw it on like Amazon, I think. I don't know if I'm okay with that. No, Which that's fair. Yeah. It's been around for what, 50 years? Yeah, The Great Pumpkin. That's like the only one that I will watch. <laughs> Fair enough. Bring me some Veggie Tales, man. Is it though? <laughs> I love Veggie Tales. Everyone's got a water buffalo, and if you don't, you should. If you guys are listening or viewing in, that's literally a religious show, cartoon show uh, that involves vegetables. Playing out historical stories of, uh, yeah, Bible stories. It's like Wishbone for for Bible people. (laughs) What's up, Robert Barnes? I see you. What do do you got for us today there, Nick? Well, actually, uh, we're going to take a quick break for a sponsor, and then we'll get back into my section. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get my podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all of those apps that people like to listen with? And how do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. One of my favorite things about Anchor are their straightforward analytics. Their convenient stats to help you track your podcast's performance. They measure overall growth, down to the second episode performance, and manage your monetization without ever leaving the app. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it. Go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. All right, guys, and uh, welcome back. So we're going to hop right back into um, historical figures and reference within uh, pop culture. So... As Corey mentioned before the break, I am up on this lovely show, and um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, presidents within history or within pop culture. Excuse me. So, I mean, we can all, when we think about a president in, in movies, can name off pretty much just the president's name, and it's a freaking movie. Um, but the two I really wanted to talk about, and not in detail, just because I want to get more into the pop culture side of things, is uh, Frost Nixon as well as Lincoln. Now, these are very cut and dry, though romanticized. Um, story or tellings of um, you know these presidents' lives or situations within these presidents' lives or within their presidency, and that's kind of what you think of a lot of times when you think of a president in film. But pop culture has really taken taken the idea of a president and freaking flown with it. Um, like just a little, just a little. Like there's so many different um viewpoints, not viewpoints, but like so many different takes on how. They kind of tell the story of presidents or kind of bring them into relevance to what the the movie is. Um, The first one I want to talk about is National Treasure. Um, They've got the president's book. This is, again, super, not science fiction, but fantasy 
uh, drama, I guess you would call it, but also like a, a history, you know, buff's dream. And it's Nicolas Cage playing the main character. And pretty much the premise is, is that there's this big hidden secret national treasure that was stolen from the English during the Revolutionary War. Back to the thing Krista loves so much. And now <laughs> the Knights Templar have hidden this somewhere in the country. And there's lots of uh, different things that Nicolas Cage has to go through to find this money, which he doesn't keep for himself. He gives away. Um, freaking idiot, if you ask me on that part. But he that's just me. He, a measly 1%. Which also, fun fact, buys a, buys a Ferrari. I love Look that part of the movie. <laughs> well, no, he Nicolas Cage bought the mansion. His little, like, minion bought the Ferrari that he couldn't stick shift, which was hilarious, too. Um, but I actually... Fun thing about that, speaking of Philadelphia, like you were talking about, Corey, is, is a lot of the scenes in that are places that, as a kid, I've been to a hundred times. Oh, yeah. Like, um, the market through Philadelphia, like, I've, every time we'd go to Philly for, like, magic tournaments and stuff like that, we would always go there for Chinese food and completely regret it the next day. The ready market? Yeah, the ready market. Have you ever had the Chinese there? Don't eat that. Ever. Dude, there's, like, 50 restaurants in that place. There is. And, like, delis, floral shops. Yeah, there's probably more. Yeah. It's like a mall before malls were things. But I like that. (laughs) So, um, kind of going into like a different take on the presidential thing we're gonna go like super fantasy with uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer <laughs> like I mean super fantasy yeah. Abraham Lincoln chopping down trees all of a sudden blowing through like a freaking five inch you know to ten inch thick tree because he's been working out to kill vampires with a fucking cherry tree axe like you can't get more fantasy in a presidential reference than that though probably one of the most badass things I've ever seen created for Abraham Lincoln Still, holy shit. <laughs> I have not actually seen that movie. If you get a chance, saw, it's I worth watching. I saw it a while ago. I, va- I vaguely remember it. So the cool thing about this is, is that there's so much fantasy within the premise of the story, but there's a lot of historical relevance that is kind of twisted into that story. Um, even down to, um, and I'm, I'm completely drawing a blank on the uh, the figure's name, but um, it's a Carver? No, um... Abraham Lincoln's right-hand man, who was African-American, had actually, you know, pretty much, if you don't know history, Lincoln and the Republican Party at the time, yes, wanted to free slaves, but they also wanted to send them back to Africa. And he said no. I think it's Washington Carver. He said no. These are American citizens. They're not African citizens. This is, you know, second, third generation of slaves within the country being freed. They are American citizens. And they really tied that into this storyline as well. It was actually like a breaking point between the two in which they came back together for like a badass fight scene at the end. Um, but I kind of liked that they were able to tangle the historical stuff into that, though it was completely fantasy in every other way. Um, I'm going to get back to my book that I, I ran out of room on my desk. So it's like over here and I got to reach. But um, <laughs> So 27 monitors. Yeah. It, uh, seven. <laughs> oh, I was only off by 20. Sorry. I did, fair. I, I'll get there. <laughs> Don't tempt me. Um, so up next, we're going to talk about um, Night at the Museum. And <laughs> so Ben Stiller is the main character. But as we're talking about presidents, and this is my boy, R.I.P., Robin Williams played a phenomenal Theodore Roosevelt. Um. Made him an absolute comedic gem, which is not... Well, I guess he did have his comedy and he was kind of a smartass, but not as much what, you know, um, Teddy Roosevelt was about. Very much about that military career, um, carry a big stick, like all those fun things. But Robin Williams really made the character of Theodore Roosevelt as 
almost like a figure stuck in time because he plays a mannequin who comes to life. It's not, you know, Teddy Roosevelt. He's got this one storyline that kind of plays along for him. And I think it was a really good take on being or adding a president into a storyline within pop culture just because it's not necessarily teaching you about his history. It's not necessarily just making him a figure point to get views. It's literally creating a character who almost helps Ben Stiller grow as well as do these other things. And it's, it's all about what Teddy Roosevelt did for people, but not who Teddy Roosevelt was. And I thought that was really cool. Um, I don't know. Have you guys seen, uh, you guys have probably seen the night at the museum movies yeah. oh, yeah. like a hundred times over. Been a long time, man. Go back and watch it. The second one was hilarious, too. I love Amelia Earhart and the, um, uh, whatchamacallit, the bobbleheads. They, they were funny. That they, they have to name Pi. It's um, Albert Einstein's bobbleheads are in the Aerospace Museum. And they got to tell him, like, you know, directions to get through. And it's all different bobbleheads of Albert Einstein bouncing around trying to tell directions. It, it's funny. A lot less presidents in the second one. Yeah, a lot less. Um... So then, let's see, what else we got? Oh, so this isn't as much presidential stuff, and then after this, we're going to get back to uh, another sponsor break, and we'll get to you, Krista. But um, have you guys watched Drunk History? Uh, yeah. I love Drunk History. For people who don't like history, that's a show to get you into it, because people get shit-faced, and they tell the story of these historical figures, and it's absolutely also hilarious. Getting also getting Well, not all the time. Uh, most at times, yeah. I mean, in in honesty, before the prohibition, how many famous stories included a shit ton of alcohol? How many famous stories before or after prohibition? Have yeah, that? that's very true. <laughs> yeah, there's always some type of brown liquid in the glass of the distinguished person being told oh, about. Yeah. Always. Jack. Is 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 your dog okay? Because he took a pretty big fall in the first ad read. She. She. she excuse me. Fine. She. Sorry. He. He is under his blanket in his cocoon, barking at who knows what. There's a bug in his cocoon. Get out. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Um, so if you guys don't know what I'm talking about as far as drunken history, I think it's Comedy Central started it. And pretty much you get um, famous um, actors, actresses, and other figures within pop culture. They come over to the house and they get super smashed and start telling the story, like I was saying, of historical figures and historical moments. Um, and... The people, I mean, at first, I'm pretty sure a lot of the people that came on came on for very low money or just pro bono because of how much fun it was. But there's also actually uh, other famous people who play the characters within the story being told. I was going to say, they have some really well-known actors, like, acting out the stories, yeah. Yeah, and they have to lip sync to what the drunk person telling the story is saying. like, while they're drunk, so they'll be like, and then I just don't like this. Like, they have to, like, do all that. (laughs) That was a really good um, reference to that. I I like that. That was good. (laughs) All right, cool. So since we got that out of the way, let's take another break for our sponsors, and we will be right back with uh, some more from Krista. Hey everyone, at Disney Adams here from the NerdCon 1 channel. I would like you to join me in welcoming GamerGoat to the family of sponsors for the NerdCon 1 channel. If you are a listener or a viewer of NerdCon 1, you can now get a 15% discount at www.gamergoat.com using code NerdCon1. That's www.gamergoat.com using code NerdCon1.
All right. Special thanks to GamerGoat for sponsoring this episode. Again, if you guys want a 15% discount, um, GamerGoat's awesome. They got a lot of really cool stuff. And all you got to do is use code NerdCon1, and that's with the number one, not the, the word one. Um, when you check out at GamerGoat.com and you get that 15% discount. So go check them out, guys. And it definitely helps us do what we do here. Um, you know, that's how sponsorships work. So Krista, we're going to get a little bit into uh, some Monarch time, speaking of what you were talking about earlier. So I want to talk about the Tudors, um, but more specifically, King Henry VIII, um, who, little bit of history for those who don't know, he was the king of England in the 16th century. Um, there are so many movies and TV shows and streaming shows um, about specifically about Henry VIII, um, and he is one of the most fictionally romanticized characters I have ever seen in my life. Every movie that I see, speaking of like the other Bolin girl, he was played by Eric Bana. Um, the, the TV show called the Tudors, he was played by Jonathan Reese Myers. Like he's always played by this very just attractive, like just sexy man who's able to seduce all these women very easily when he really was short and fat and he could not bear children, um, you know, so he's this, the, the fact that there's all these shows just like completely romanticizing him blows my mind. <laughs> and not only, not only are there these shows like, like the tutors is on, it ran from 2007 to 2010 and it was on Showtime and it literally like the, I'm looking at the image, like the, the the promo image of the final season, and it literally says the final seduction, and it's 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 King Henry, and he's got his his sword and his the sheath in one hand, and he's got all these women around him, right? Like that's literally the presentation of the the final seduction. Like he he beheaded women because they couldn't bear his children, but really he could not bear children. So it's like I just there's a show. And he ta- he gets he he has so much sex on this show, and this whole show is about him getting all these women, and he has like fifteen wives, and he literally, I I I might be wrong, but I want to say he's the first person who sued the Catholic Church because he wanted to get divorced, and in the 16th century you couldn't get divorced, and the reason he wanted to get divorced was because his wife was too ugly, and the person who painted the painting of his wife lied to him. And he like wow. He he sued he sued the Church of England because he wanted to get divorced because the painting that he was given of his future wife was a misrepresentation. Do you know what happens in the show? She's some busted, ugly woman, and you have super handsome King Henry who's like, <laughs> she's not pretty enough for me. And it's like, no, I'm sorry. You, in real life, you are five foot two. You're three hundred and eighty pounds. You know, like, no, no. So, I hope I'm portrayed as that hot one day. It, it just, it blows my mind. <laughs> the, the worst part is, is I actually, I love the movie, The Other Bolin Girl. Yeah. Um, which is actually, the story of The Other Bolin Girl is actually not even a real story. Um, so the story of The Other Bolin Girl is um, Anne Bolin, who is one of um, King Henry's most famous wives, who one of the ones that he beheaded because she couldn't have his children. Uh, she actually had a younger sister 
who who was played by Scarlett Johansson. And uh, so essentially the other Boleyn girl is about how Natalie Portman plays Anne. So King Henry and Anne get married. They can't have kids. Again, like I've said for a hundred times, because really King Henry can't (laughs) have kids. Um, So he starts seducing Scarlett Johansson instead to try to like get, so it's just like, it's just this whole thing about just having like a threesome with like, and it's just, this whole movie is just like, super romanticized and then at the end he beheads Natalie Portman and like Scarlett Johansson's character has to flee the country of England because she was like a mistress and it's like it gets and people eat this shit up people the Tudors had the Tudors had four seasons and a spinoff there is now the white princess and the Spanish princess on stars like there are there are when I was doing research there are more shows about King Henry VIII than I even knew existed yeah (laughs) like there are i had to go so far down the list to find out when the tutors was on because the tutors is so far down the list they've been making movies about king henry the eighth and tv shows since like the 70s if not earlier all the same thing they're all the same thing they're romanticized and it's all about romance and about him him and all these wives and all these beautiful women and that's not it's not right it's not accurate (laughs) Well, here's the thing that I think is the cause to a lot of that has to do with the fact that you need a good story. And the great looking guys, they were off winning wars and having great lives with their wives. You're not going to get a great dramatic story out of that. You need the fat fuck who uses his power over people. I I think it's the same thing kind of with Game of Thrones. Like Game of Thrones got away with it by putting people like King Robert Baratheon, you know, like he was not the sex symbol, but like you rooted for him because of the story. I think that that era, that like medieval Renaissance area is very romanticized anyway. Like people do like they do Renaissance fairs. Like it's romanticized when really like we would not want to live there. Like people like me and you would be like working in the fields or working in the mills, you know, like we would not be ladies in waiting in court, you know, like, that's it. We don't want to live in that era. We just think that we do. And mm-hmm. it's extremely romanticized. It's like, it's total. People think that it's so glamorous because of the gowns and everything's gold and pretty. And it's not. Well, the problem yeah. is, is that there's a problem inherited within the system. Did anyone get that reference? I think you got the reference, Krista. I did. It was a reach. It was a reach. Did you yet, Corey? You just look in there like you didn't get anything. Monty Python search for the Holy Grail. The Grovelers. When King Arthur comes up and is asking for their lord, and they're like, they they just keep talking about we're a non-collective commune and like how they they vote, you know, bi-quarterly, and the king's like, where's your where's your lord? It's it's hilarious, but that that was a reference that I am. It was it was a bit of a stretch. It was. It was there. I got more excited about it before I said it. Yeah, that that whole the whole time frame in history is extremely just like, it's it's all about kings and queens and sex. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like. No, the worst part is if you want to be realistic, like, I'm sorry, but like King Henry was like 38 and Anne Boleyn was like 15. Mm-hmm. Like if we're being if we're being oh, honest, you know, so that was like, common, though. And that's actually an older age to get married yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. Because at that point, like really, when they say have I'm not going to say that part, but when a girl has her period, it's time to get married. Yeah. Like that to me is ridiculous. I mean, I guess they don't have yeah. all the hormones in their food, so it's but not happening also, earlier, but, but, like, still, that's not cool. Only living to be, like, 50, 60 years old. Well, anyway. 
if that if, if that, that yeah i think your life expectancy then was probably like 45 or if you were a poor person you're probably looking at like 35 well actually fun fact that statistic is inaccurate because it takes in the effect of the number of the amount of infants who died in birth but still they had like plagues and like no, yeah the, they did yeah. but there was no hygiene yeah well no there was yeah. no hygiene at all I mean, that didn't even really come until, what, the 30s, 40s, before they realized that you could get infections and stuff like that. Like, that was in that was in the, uh, you know, last century. It was that wasn't a long time ago at all. Oh, yeah. You you get a cut. Yeah. You're losing that whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And then the doctor gets sick because he touched all your stuff and they can't figure out why. He's just sick. He's cursed. Yeah. (laughs) So I just like I said, I just think I just find it so funny that. They've they've taken this this horrible person who was a real life terrible monarch in history. Like the the like look up his record. Look what the, look at the things that he did. He like de- he tried to destroy the Catholic Church. Like you know the the Church of England. Like he was not a good king. He was a shitty king. He had so many wives, so many mistresses. You have no idea how many kids he had because he doesn't he doesn't acknowledge any of them if they weren't male. So it's like, and this is the guy. This is the guy that you want to make movies and TV shows out of. This is the guy? Like... <laughs> you know who they need to... The historical figure they need to make more shows out of is Vlad the Impaler. Not as a fucking vampire, but like Vlad the Impaler. Speaking of just chaotic, evil people who are always evil, that's your guy, Corey. That dude was insane. Yeah. I mean, there's there are so many characters out there that, that could be represented, but... It's they're they're gonna fictionalize it no matter what. They're just oh, yeah. Yeah. So before we start wrapping things up, I'm gonna ask each of you this one question: What's one historical figure you would like to see in in pop culture? You have to give me a moment. That's fine. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I would want somebody like like. I don't, I don't know. know if I know like enough history to like really give a good oh you know what i do i want fucking leaf erickson yep mm-hmm. i want a leaf erickson one yeah that would be really cool yeah that I would mean, actually be really cool i'm sure it's been done but like i would like i would like to be like in the cockpit with like amelia Earhart, like when yeah that'd be cool like that would be something that I would really, really like to see. They're actually, they actually have new information that they might think they know oh, the where picture? the plane crashed. Yeah, yeah. which I thought yeah. was interesting. I heard that they like just recently realized some of these distress calls were her. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm like, how do you realize this like that much later? Yeah, I mean, how old was that communication system at that point in time? Not old, but like how rudimentary. How well, exactly. I mean, how rudimentary was it that like. A, you can figure it out today. Yeah. And yeah. B, how young was the person operating it that just thought, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, I, wait a second. <laughs> you know, wait, now that, that you mentioned that, that, you're like. <laughs> All right, so did, like did he. Five years old in bed, like, wasted up in the middle of the yeah, night. <laughs> like, they, they wake up in the middle of the night, like. Oh, Amelia Earhart? <laughs> like, like, what do you do if someone comes to you and says that I, I think I got distress calls from Amelia Earhart? All right, you're on cracker. You smoked a lot of know, weed I'm when you were younger. Sir, let me <laughs> escort you to the mental hospital. Yeah. 
There's a nice padded room. You can jump around. Right. It's going to be great. Why I shouldn't say that, but... This, uh, 60 years ago? Right. <laughs> I mean, I know this isn't a real movie, but the same reason why that uh, the girl in Titanic didn't tell anyone until she was about to die. I mean, just saying. Story flaw. She waited. Why would you wait that long? That's a story. That is a, that is a story a, flaw. That's a deathbed story right there. Yeah, yeah I but... guess. Let me tell you about this guy I fucked on a boat. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's true. Oh, I mean, BT Dubs, there's a giant diamond at the bottom of the ocean, but like, don't go, go, don't go, like looking for it. It's fine. It's next to the nudie pictures of me, so don't it's go there. Fine. <laughs> I was young. I made mistakes. I, I made my own money. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so guys, where can we find you on the social spaces, Krista? I am at Pink Room Gaming on everything. Woo! Yay! Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays on Twitch if you want to come hang out. Check her out. It's a lot of fun. Corey, where can we find you? You guys can find me at Funko Squid on Instagram. All my collections and shit are on there. <laughs> I appreciate you <laughs> and everything you do, Corey. Maybe you should link with your socials. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm at Disney Adams anywhere you can uh, find uh, social spaces or video games. So check us all out. If you guys want to hear more from NerdCon 1, make sure you guys head over to www.nerdcon1.com or you can just search NerdCon 1 anywhere you listen to podcasts. And uh, special thanks to GamerGoat as well as Hashtag Razor Streamer and... Uh, What's the other one? Anchor.fm this week. Sorry, guys, uh, for sponsoring this episode. It's fine. Anchor's been our longest sponsor, and I don't think they're ever going to go away because we use them a lot. So I can mess that one up as long as GamerGo gets their love because they're new and we need them. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you so much for uh, coming in, guys. Woo! Bye.